This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Nightlight has partnered with Fan Roll Dice by Metallic Dice Games to offer an exclusive discount on one of their gorgeous dice sets that we've fallen in love with because of their satisfying weight and, let's just be honest, sparklies not to mention their impeccably constructed dice accessories. In one word, velvet. Visit fanrolldice.com, that's F-A-N-R-O-L-L-D-I-C-E dot com, and use our discount code NIGHTLIGHT for 10% off any new additions to your dice hoard. A portion of your purchase will come back to us and help support our shows. So go to fanrolldice.com with the discount code NIGHTLIGHT to get 10% off of any additions to your dice hoard. Hi, I am Tanya Ransom, the creator and executive producer of Nightlight, and today I am here with Kai Leeks, the author of Sisters. Kai, how are you today? I am fine. Excellent. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm fabulous. It's a great day today. The weather is beautiful. The sun shining outside. It's just, it's a really good day today. Um, <laughs> and I reread your story right before uh, we got on this call so that I could make sure that my memory was fresh because my memory is terrible. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know, I want to talk to you about your story, the writing process. You know, I really loved sisters when I first read it in, um, black magic women here, which is a great anthology. Just absolutely love it. There are so many stories on nightlight from here. I think I'm going to end up putting them all on (laughs) nightlight at some point, honestly, because they're just, it's just so rich. Um, but the thing that I really loved about your story in particular is, you know, one, it's, you know, about this bond between sisters and how that, you know, is not just a physical bond between them where they're, you know, working to protect each other, but also a spiritual bond and, you know, how they help each other feed and, you know, they share um, in there. And I was wondering, you know, when you came up with this story, did you come up with the characters first or the premise of the demented who are the monsters that the sisters are hunting and being hunted by? in this story? I really, honestly, um, when I came up with this one, it came out of left field for me. I really don't know where they came from. Honestly, I really (laughs) (laughs) been there. Um, They literally just popped up out of nowhere because during this whole time I was trying to come up with a, it was originally supposed to be a story for another anthology. I was testing about how to tell a story about vampirism and addiction. And then I just stopped because I just really, and literally I just only had a sentence and I just stopped and I didn't know where it was going. And then a health situation happened and then they just popped in my head during the health situation. So they literally just came out of left field. I don't know where. (laughs) (laughs) I have been there. And you know what I've found? Like when something comes out of left field like that for me, it's usually because like my subconscious is trying to process Mm -hmm. something, you know, looking back on it, 
you know, do you feel like maybe you were trying to process something, especially, you know, since you were dealing with health issues at the moment? Possibly. I mean, I was, I do have a sibling, but it's not a sister at all. <laughs> a brother, <laughs> a little brother. I'm the older sister. So it could have been something in that kind of field. I really, I honestly, I don't know. I also think it could have also been that because of the situation, since this is an apocalyptic time, I was going through being annoyed with that uh, show that's on AMC (laughs) and (laughs) it's not really being represented properly, in my opinion. (laughs) And I really wanted to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I really, really That was his name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm second guessing myself there for a minute. I was like, oh, I can't look like a fool and say the wrong name. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, 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 they just came out to represent that, I guess. So yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. The other thing that I really love about this story is that the sisters are monsters themselves, essentially. And you know, I love this this idea that everyone is monstrous in some way. And who we call the monster just depends upon our perspectives. Um, Because in this story, um, hopefully listeners have gone and listened to the story because we're about to spoil some stuff. So if you haven't, pause this and come back to it. Uh, You know, in this story, you know, it starts off with the sisters, you know, they're feeding on the demented, you know, essentially trying to hunt them. And then they become hunted by the demented themselves. They kind of get overrun. And then, you know, at the very end, they find that, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk, like you say in the story, um, in the sense that there are other hunters out there that are also working against them. So, you know, not only are they fighting these monsters called the demented, they're also fighting other hunters at the end. And I love that the ending is kind of ambiguous about what happens. You know, they're, they're, they're shot with darts at the end, you know, so it's not like it's absolutely a fatal wound or something like that, but it, it could be. But I'm really curious, you know, did you have in mind kind of what happens after that and you just kind of ended the story there? So what did you have in mind? Well, I wanted to, when I first started, I wanted to give you like almost like three acts of three different feelings for them. So I wanted, since it's apocalyptic times, I wanted you to not really know what's going on, but kind of guess what going, what's going on. So in the beginning, I wanted you to feel like this, these two normal girls just trying to run away from like possibly zombies. Mm-hmm. So you're all scared and you're like, what the heck is going on here? As you're <laughs> yeah. And then it flips to that twist of you finding out that, well, it's not zombies. They're kind of vampire thingies. And then, wait a minute, hold on. The girls are vampires? <laughs> yes. And then the girls, is run- the girls are actually running for their lives as well. They want shelter too. They're not technically hunting, but they have to hunt because of what they are. And so I wanted to give you that feeling of fear, of their hunger at the same time, and them needing shelter or somewhere to go. And then so when they got to that third act, final act of them finding those other hunters and they're thinking it's a safe haven. No. (laughs) So, or it could be, you just don't know. So that's on purpose. So yeah, I kind of had an idea of what it may or may not be there. 
that it could be a safe haven. It may not be a safe haven. It could be a mix of both. But yeah, I had an idea. I was technically going to work on um, a short story or part two to it. So oh. yeah. And I, also I don't, I don't like do you a said prequel. that in past tense because I really <laughs> want to read like an animal prequel to this. Like I need this in my life. <laughs> you know? Uh, you like when you contacted me about it, I was like literally surprised that somebody enjoyed this story. <laughs> like you can't like I'm, I'm using left field a lot, but yeah, you literally <laughs> did come out of left field. Like seriously, I was like, what? <laughs> Surprise. So I didn't know anybody really was enjoying the story like that. But so even when I wrote it, yeah, I had an idea of where I was going to go with it. Um, when I got asked to do another anthology that's also in the apocalyptic world, I said, well, hell, I can possibly do a prequel to this story. Yeah. So that's what I was possibly going to work on, trying to mull it out when well. I'm hitting the deadline here. So. <laughs> Well, if you write it, I want to see it so we can have it on Nightlight. I, I think that I am not going to be the only one. You know, once the that. story airs, I think other people are going to be asking you for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I could possibly do that for you guys to tell you and show you guys what's there at the end of this story. All right. Well, you guys make sure that you get on social media and tell Kai how much you want to read this. <laughs> Light of fire up under. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. Like, if I don't get any noise, I'm just like, I'll just move on. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Because you don't know, you know, if your work's resonating mm -hmm. with people or not. You know, sometimes you feel like you're kind of writing into an echo chamber and, you know, getting that little bit of feedback oftentimes, you know, helps you orient yourself into your next story. At least it does for me. Is that the case for you as well? Yes, 100% all the time. Because it's like that imposter syndrome. I have it yes. horribly. <laughs> yes. Horribly, I have it. That's why you guys see that is a huge break between me and my main work and everything I'm doing in between. So it's just like... <laughs> yes, I feel you. I feel you. I think most writers deal with imposter syndrome. It's just, you know, to what degree do we deal yeah. with it? And I feel like horror authors in general deal with it a little more than yes. some of the other authors as well. Yes. Yes. But, you know, you said something about you know, your other work. I would love to hear about, you know, some of the other things that you've published, what you're working on now. Can you give us a little bit more of a picture of your body of work? Yes. Well, um, I debuted with um, my para-romance horror genre mashup, Sin Eaters. Um, and that's my Vampire's um, Story series. Three books with a um, novella attached to it which is Rebel Guardians. And that's my babies. Got the shirt on. Oh, nice. Medusa. I love it. Oh, my that's, God. That is an amazing shirt. That's the popular character of the series. <laughs> and she's a baddie. I love um, And so that's my main series that I have there. Oh, I guess I could show you the book. Yes. That's the main series. Yes. That's book one. And what's it called? Sin Eaters. Sin, Sin Eaters. Yes. And look two. Eaters Retribution. And this is the novella. The novella Guardians? Yes. Yes. Okay. Rebel. Rebel Guardians. Got it. Making sure um, this is for folks on audio who aren't watching yes. the video. So that is a pair of romance which has a mixture of horror in it romance in it, fantasy, 
all, of all the good stuff, stuff. Yes. all of it because <laughs> so, yeah. that's my baby i love that i i love writing fantasy and i love writing like action with it with touches of horror and stuff in it that's just who i am and so i give you all that in there so you get vampires you have witches you have shifters you have demons all of that i love it um and then my latest horror was my um, compilation of short stories of horror. A Darkness Within? I yes. love that title. And so it has several different short stories of horror, mixtures of horror that I wrote, tried writing. Some of them, and I'll let you all know ahead, a lot of them were rejected stories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just me being paired to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I released it and one of the stories I'm you guys are gonna see later on in another um thing releasing next month anyway. So and that's gonna probably I'm deciding which one I'm gonna give you all out. I'm deciding which one I'm gonna release out for you guys to see anyway. So awesome. yeah, you'll see that soon. So that's that. I also write romance. So well tell us more about that. I'm sure some listeners read romance. <laughs> Um, let's see. Let's see if I have, I have a romance with fellow author Nikki Michelle. If you are into sweet romance, that's kind of like Hallmark, but it's for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's the is, title of it? It is. This one is a series. It's actually a series. This is the third book in the series. The first one is a Christmas kind of love. Mm-hmm. And then it goes after that. The one I just had show you guys is a Juneteenth kind of love. Oh, I love that title, man. That is yeah. dope. <laughs> so oh, I'm trying I to keep it. it in this in a fictional black founded yeah. town. I've been so, looking like for that. romance to read. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna cop. Definitely gonna cop that. And we add touches of little magic in there too. And this is you know, just everyday, just normal magic. Yeah. It's nothing fantical like um i do it normally so that that and then if you like the spicier side of life yeah i have <laughs> <laughs> i have my um brothers of Kemet series mm-hmm. and it's be okay series um and that is um, why am i going blank on the title of that book i don't know why because I just got everything in my head going on right now. <laughs> and I'm literally working on the next one in the series. Like, series, that's why. So one second, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm just oh, no, really that's bad. Okay. That's okay. I mean, I forget stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. It's because I'm like, I'm like, I'm editing it. The, the the next one in it is the third book in the series and it's a different totally different brother so it's just like what is your title dude? <laughs> so the first book in that series is love trust and pleasure and love, it's trust and pleasure i think that's yes. cool. so that those the next third book is more spicy than the, the first two but anyway because he's super nasty but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um those are all romance and those little spicy so if you're into those into that hit those up so yeah yes i love it <laughs> so tell us a little about i mean obviously like you've got a huge body of work here yes oh i'm in a whole bunch of short, um anthologies as well too so yeah yeah I do. <laughs> what is your writing process like how do you get all of this done how are you so prolific well in the beginning when i started it was it was like a machine but it wasn't on purpose um, my writing partner she's very very diligent 
So she would always push me to write, 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 write. So that's how a lot of my stuff got out quickly and why I have so much stuff. Um, as I slow down, I'm very, I procrastinate a lot. So that's why it's spread out a little bit more in the later stuff now. So yeah, it's just, my writing process is just, honestly, um, I learned this from Miss Beverly Jenkins. I'm a pan, by the pansy. I'm a pansyter, or she says. Yes. And I just, they just come to me in my head and I just write how I write. And it, the story comes how it wants to come. And so if it wants to come quickly, it comes quickly. If it doesn't want to come quickly, it doesn't come quickly at all. <laughs> so that's how it is. And then if I want to procrastinate on top of all of that, that's what happens. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what do you do when the writing doesn't come quickly? Because I'm a pantser as well. And, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like, you know, you've got divine inspiration and you're just, your fingers are just moving, but somebody else is, you know, yeah. you're just onto it. Right. And then other times it's like, man, you're trying to write something and it's just like pulling teeth. You just, Every every sentence seems like a struggle. How do you deal with it when the writing is painful like painful. that? Well, it used to be I would read a lot, but then I stopped because I did not like, um, because I write so much in fantasy and stuff, I didn't want to cross. I didn't want anybody feeling like I'm trying to, you know, jack anybody's thing or anything like that. So I stopped reading in general. I would just, you know, take breaks from reading and then, you know, read when I wanted to or whatever. So then in place of that, because naturally I've been, I'm a person that always enjoy reading, cooking, and just enjoying movies and TV. So that's what I would fall back to my, those natural processes of what I would do. So when I got, get into those modes, like currently I have fallen into nothing but K-dramas now. <laughs> <laughs> I am just lost into that whole turn of K-dramas right now. Before, I was just doing nothing but movies and watching all my TV shows as normal. Yeah. And now it's just K-drama, K-drama, drama. <laughs> and that it. helps me, especially now that I'm watching a lot of mixtures of romance with the K-dramas and stuff and um, the fantasy stuff. It is helping me take a look at my own stuff and how I focus on writing and how I presents different stories and how I break down stories and stuff. It really does help me in that kind of like look at my own kind of outline. Cause I do not, I'm not an outliner person, but I am. It's mm -hmm. really weird. Um, <laughs> if you see my, I like, I literally have notes, but you would think I'm outlining, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's me too. Like a lot of times when I'm getting ready to write a story, you know, I'll write it almost like it, you know, just a paragraph of here's what happens in the story. And that's, you exactly. know, my outline. And sometimes I start writing and, you know, by the time I get halfway through, I'm like, oh, well, the rest of that paragraph is irrelevant because I'm right. you know, in directions here. So I don't, you know, I don't hold myself to it. You know, I just kind of like work through it in my head. So it kind of, you know, I kind of know where I'm going because I've found that when I don't know where I'm going, that's when I get in those stuck modes. So if I have exactly. you know, a little bit of a compass, then I'm good. If I have too much of a compass, then, you know, it makes me think too much and I get in my head and it paralyzes me too. So I have to have this nice little balance of, I kind of sort of know where the story is going, but I'm also surprised exactly. as I write it and it, exactly. it fuels me to keep going. So it's very interesting that you also have that same sort of process. I think I found a kindred spirit in a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, cause that's awesome. I, I scare people when I show them, they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I literally created with you when you, if you ever read Senators, I literally, those notes I did created my book Bible for that whole series. And it's literally in the front page of it. So you're like, 
<laughs> Wait, <hold laughs> you looking at like she has a whole dictionary because it came from the notes I did, I and it's just that. like it was. I wasn't outlining it; just was me writing notes to myself to remind myself. Well, this character likes this, that, and the other, and just keeping it up to whatever going so, on. Tell me a little bit about book Bibles because honestly, like I need to do that, and I, I just, I don't know, I lack the discipline. <laughs> To do I it. don't. I don't have them with, with everything I do. It was just like with just with senators. It fell that way because mm-hmm. I was. It's such an extensive book. It was going to end up being an extensive extensive world, and it wasn't going to be bigger book than what it was. But um, the publisher at the time I was with uh, had me cut it down. So when I had to shorten it to the two books that it is, it really was going to be longer than what it was. So that Bible ended up being away just because of that. But um, book Bibles in this essence helped with creating the um, world building. Mm -hmm. Um, It allowed me to know what each character likes, um, where, what world they were at, you know, what city, whatever I was doing with them and um, where they were going, their whole family background, all kinds of quirks and everything, (laughs) the magic building, all of that. So yeah, yeah. it's it's hard to keep track yes. of all that, especially you know in fantasy when you're building a world with all these different rules that don't exist in the real world. You know exactly. you've got to keep track of that for consistency because readers will notice True, if something is inconsistent. Exactly, and then I'm noticing because I look at it back and I'm like, I forgot to plug that in there. And that's so yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. I have a habit of not looking back at my writing because I find when I do, it like destroys my confidence because I notice all the mistakes and the things I did wrong and not all the things that I did right. You know, so it's like on one hand, it's I want to learn from my mistakes. But on, you know, the flip side, it's like if I reread it, I'm just going to be like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Once it's (laughs) published, I'm done. That's how I am. Yes, exactly. It's out there in the world. There ain't nothing I can do about it. So (laughs) it's just out there and people are either going to love it or hate it or ignore it. You know, and that's beyond my control. I'm going to just let it go and keep moving forward. (laughs) So I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you talked a little bit about a publishing company. I'm curious, do you do just traditional publishing for all your work or do you do a combination of traditional publishing and self-publishing? Um, I was hybrid. Um, that publishing company I'm not with anymore. So now I'm just strictly self-publishing now. I love it. I love it. That's, you know, I find self-publishing to be challenging. Very. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you have to have two different skill sets. You can't just be a writer. You've got to be a marketer and a business person as well. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your struggles as someone who self-publishes? Um, yeah. The main thing for me is, like, you have to have some money, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> and I don't have that. So, um, because you have to, you have to be able to have money to pay for editing. And mm-hmm. my editing is very bad. So, and I'm honest about that. Um, and I try to have my readers understand that I'm, I'm self-publishing now. I don't have anybody to clean it up as well as a traditional publisher. And honestly, you want to be real, traditional publishers aren't that good as well. <laughs> no. But I need the readers to be a little nicer on the self-publishers in that kind yeah. of sense. Yeah. Um, so the hard part for that is that, and then the marketing, I have the hardest time trying to get more readers. I'm, I don't know how to market to you all. I don't know how to 
keep you all. <laughs> I don't. So um, it, it's the, it's a challenge. I don't know where to go to market and all of that. So that's the hard part. And I mean, it was hard when I was uh, traditionally published too, because my my publisher did not handle that at yes. all. Yeah, most so, traditional publishers don't, you know, unless you're like a Stephen King or, you know, somebody that's exactly. a big money maker for them. They're not, they're not going to do a whole lot for you. You end up still having to do your own marketing. So, yeah. you know, for me, when I got ready to publish my novella, you know, I was thinking like, you know, do I want to try to submit this, you know, get it out there, get it traditionally published. And that's why I eventually landed on self-publishing it because I was like, I'm going to end up doing all of this work anyway. Essentially, all they're going to do is generate a cover and do the editing. Exactly. For me, and I'm still going to be responsible for all this other stuff. Like, I'd rather just, you know, pay for my own cover, pay for my own editing, because I did have the money for yeah, it um, yeah, yeah. at that time. Yeah. And, you know, I've been really happy with how it's turned out. You know, I've, I've made my money back. I wouldn't say like I've made like a massive profit, but I also exactly. haven't marketed it a lot exactly. either, to be quite honest. Um, but, you know, I'm curious, you know, you said that your editing isn't great. And you know, at least from my perspective, I've kind of found that it's really hard to edit your own work because you know what you intended to write. And it's easy for you to just look over typos because in your head, you know what it's supposed to say. And that's how your brain exactly reads it. You know, it's exactly. almost like you have to have someone who didn't write it, do the editing to catch, you know, those mistakes and, and things and like that. Right. And that's so, what I do. I have, I have a friend and then I reach out to the writing circles um, mm -hmm. to help me as well. So yeah, that's 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 all you can do. Like with self publishing, yes. outside of saving up to pay for um, uh, editor, which I have do, um, you just do as best as you can because you don't yeah. want to like. I know not to do it all by myself on that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you just you do what you can, however you can. So mm -hmm. when I say that, it's just, just for um, listeners and readers to understand that aspect of the um, self-publishing world. Not everybody has enough money to get the traditionally published money mm -hmm. for the editors, you know, for yeah. their fancy editors. So, right. yeah, you work with what you can work with. You know? Exactly. You got to be resourceful. And, you know, I love the idea of, you know, using your writing community, leaning on your writing mm -hmm. community. Do you belong to any writers groups or do you just kind of have like friends that you kind of work with? Yeah, I have with a um, writing groups, friends. Um, luckily, I'm not in a bunch of um, like writing organizations or anything like that. I tried for <laughs> one, but um, <laughs> that fell through. So, um no, I'm just, I have a small little network of writing friends. Yeah. But a small, is it like, you feel like you have a strong network, you know, even though it's mm -hmm. small, it's strong. So yeah. I think, I think that's the best way to go. You know, if you have too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, you know, too many yeah, people looking exactly. at your work, it just, you know, for me, at least it confuses me because, you know, one person is saying that's one thing and somebody else is saying opposite. It's like, exactly, exactly. Right you know, try to you at least have, have small, one or two people. Yes, <laughs> that you trust. Yes, yes. 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 Yes, absolutely. Um, so are you a full-time writer at this point or are you still doing the whole, you know, day job plus or, you know, part-time job plus your yeah, writing? Yeah, right now I'm a full-time. Mm -hmm. Full-time writer? Yes. Full-time writer. That is amazing. Congratulations <laughs> on achieving that milestone. How long have you been a full-time writer? Um, but this only happened due to my health scare. Um, so it's not scare, but situation. Um, mm -hmm. So... It's been, shoot, since three years now, four, no, four now. Yes, four. Almost five okay. coming up on the anniversary of that situation. So, yeah. 
Well, congratulations on turning lemons into lemonade. Yeah, there. trying to. I mean, I haven't been writing diligently, but it's been off and on writing. So, yeah, publishing yeah. small things here and there throughout. You know, I found mm-hmm. that writing has just been really difficult for a lot of people the last few years, you know, regardless, you know, of any of their own personal situations, mm-hmm. just, you know, the environment that we're in in this world right now. Yeah, you know, I feel like we're all kind of like the COVID. Yes. And we're just like bathing in, you know, <laughs> stress that's everywhere. And it just like eats away at creativity. And I'm wondering, you know, it, is there anything that you do to kind of combat that, you know, when you're kind of struggling, you know, we, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, when the words don't come, but when you're just not feeling it, you know, when you just, yeah. you know, want to zone out with your, you know, drama is <laughs> like, how do you pull yourself away from those things that, you know, you're using to kind of fill your well or distract you from the fact that you don't feel able to work and get yourself, you know, to get your butt in your chair and get some words down. Yeah, that's again, that's when I go back. It's just I'm an introverted person naturally and just all my life. So typically, you know, I just I enjoy being inside. So when it gets really heavy, that's what I do. I revert to the TV. I revert to cooking. I revert to drinking some tea. Or I call my girlfriends, and that's about it. (laughs) Or I love up on family, and that's about it. You know, I'm slowly learning that self care feeds Mm -hmm. my creativity and makes me more productive. You know, I used to be one of those people that was like, I can't enjoy anything until I finish my work for the day. And you know, a lot of days, like I barely got anything done because my well was empty. Yes. And I had to learn that some days I just can't get up and, you know, get to work. Some days I got to fill up my well before I can do that. And, exactly. you know, I'm, you know, almost 42 years old. It's taken me a long yes. time yes. <laughs> to learn that, you know? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I just, you know, I love, I love that you, you know, do your self-care stuff. Cause I feel like, you know, especially as black women writers, yes, you know, and this being black women in horror month in particular, you know, as black women writers, you know, you know, I feel like being a black woman is a unique condition, yes. uh, especially in America. You know, we feel this, this compulsion to put other people before us, to, you know, carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, to, you know, have to be strong for everybody else and, you know, n- not have anybody else to lean on. And, you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a shift in that where, you know, more black women are starting to reach out, you know, like you do with your, you know, friends and family for support. And, you know, I I just, I think that that is a necessary thing that we as black women need to start doing is, you know, recognizing that, yes, we are strong and there is nothing wrong with leaning on other people. sometimes Because Um, historically that's what we used to do anyway. Yes. So we have to get back to that mode again. Yes. This has been losing it because of everything systemically. So, yes. Yes, Yes, it's tough. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, I haven't obviously read, you know, all of your work. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm curious, you know, how much do you write about the Black experience? You know, not just the culture, but, you know, some of the things that we as Black people struggle with, you know, because I feel like, you know, especially when you were traditionally publishing a lot of a lot of these gatekeepers want to see stories that have black pain and struggle in them. You know, do you you write about that at all? Or do you kind of just stay away from that and you just focus on the cultural aspects and having black characters in your work? 
honestly, when I first started writing, I, because naturally who I was, I always gravitated to fantasy, sci-fi, speculative fiction, period. I really was not deeply into like Terry McMillan. I wasn't in deeply into my Angela, though I read them. Mm-hmm. I did. I had grew up on them from St. Louis, my Angela. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I, you know, that's in my blood, but that I was like, I love our generation now that are vocally saying, you know, I don't always want to write black trauma, you know? Yes. And that's when I grew up, cause I'm eighties baby. And I'm, 41 to <laughs> um I was looked at weird for saying you know I don't really want to write black trauma like that I want to write the black girl that wants to be a mermaid yes. or the black girl that wants to go run after somebody's elf or my thing was vampires so you know I yeah. want to write those things I love storm I want to write storm <laughs> yes exactly like we are so, more than our struggle yeah so it's like when I write, so no, to answer your questions, to go back, I write, I don't necessarily write Black struggle in that kind of way, though I respect it. I don't. I do write, you know, I write romance and stuff, and I write that sometimes we have conflicts, but naturally my thing is like, I don't always want to write conflict yeah. <laughs> between us. Yes, we have yes. it in everyday real world. Yes, we have it between couples every day, whatever. I don't necessarily want to write that. And no, I'm not trying to always write happy, happy, he, he. But there's so many books out there. There, There's a place for that. You can get that if you want it. Yes. (laughs) here. That's not your ministry, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to give you a little bit of variety. So, yes, though, I write write horror. I don't necessarily try to give you trauma. I did my first kind of you can sense kind of say a trauma story if you want in a horror um, short that I did that's in A Darkness Within it's the very last story but it's a revenge thing so I don't take it in that sense of a trauma it's a trauma situation that happens but it's a revenge situation that happens at the same time so naturally when you read my stuff there is trauma situations because to think of it like the news I wrote stuff taking things, pieces and pieces from the news or what happened in the community and things. But then on top of that, like with sin eaters, you have people that are protecting these people that are having these traumatic situations. So kind of balance. I try to give a little balance here and there. So, yeah. If that answers your question. Yes, it does. I love that. You know, I love I love authors that are able to have that depth of variety in their work. You know, like I tried to write romance for a while. Like I'm just not good (laughs) at it. You know, I might be able to be good at it if I kept practicing, but I'm just it always takes a dark turn. Yeah, that's how that's what I am. My main erotic stuff, that's me testing. So when you read it and you see like what this is my first time going just strictly there. It's a test, honestly. Mainly my things is my strong point is the speculative fiction. So yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. So, who inspires you as a writer? I got to go black first, so I'm going to say number one, L.A. Banks, Mom Banks. Yes, yes. She was the all between. Yes. Everybody, <clears throat> 
she is my um, queen council. She is the one that is my icon and everything. So when you see me and you see me in my works and everything, she's my number one mention. Um, next to that, when I grew, grew up, that shaped me. Um, after that was um, Anne Rice, of course. And then, you know, um, Bram Stoker and yes. um, R.L. Stein and all yes. of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Celia Goofy, for the romance part, you the Celia Goofy um, Avon books and the Harley <laughs> Quinn books, all those yes. little <laughs> things. Those Remember my mom reading those when I was yes! little? <laughs> my mother is so cool when I was reading, but she would let me read those little things, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mom didn't let me read those. I think because she picked up the more spicier ones, and, but they let me read horror. You know, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, I, I was still reading. You know, I still had that example yeah. of someone in my house reading, and it encouraged me to read. And I just, you know, found horror to be really compelling. Yeah, for me. So, if you know someone was new to black horror yeah. altogether. Who would you say that they need to read first outside of, you know, L.A. Banks? Yes. Well, of course, who also is the other mother is Tana Reeve. <laughs> yes. I love Tana Reeve, do Love Tana Reeve, do. You have to read her. Um, outside of that, of Black Horror, um, Brandon Massey. Yes. Um, then next to him... Who else was I reading? It's been so long. <laughs> I had a whole library. It's been so long of Black Horror books, specifically. Those were my main ones. Those were my main ones. Um, outside of that, like I said, the um, I was reading some Stephen King. I never really read a whole bunch of Stephen King, but I was reading Stephen King. Um. Guillermo's when he did the strain, I read that whole oh, series. So I have good. It. I that, that was a good series. Um blank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those were several, those were several mm-hmm. like, good solid ones too. So, you know, I don't think yeah. you drew a blank there. I think you, you know, hit the nail on the head. Um, so you know, my last question for you would yeah. be, you know, tell us what we can do to support you. You know, what what do you want us to buy? You know, what do you want us to sign up for? You know, what do you have coming out? Tell us what we can do to help lift you up. Leave me all the reviews. I need help on Amazon. <laughs> I need help, major help on Amazon. I need help on um, Barnes and Nobles. I need help all of that. Leave all the reviews. Yes. Um, visit my website, comment, play with it. I decorated and fit, built it just for all the fans. It's like all little trickets and secret little knit tidbits all on there and pictures and oh, everything. Um, please continue to buy my books. Um, love up on Sin Eaters. Um, love up on the romance stories on um, my um Ani's Tears. Buy that. It's a not that's a novella. It's mainly um fantasy. Um and um just seek me out. Um I'm on Facebook. You, always on Facebook. You can talk to me anytime. Um I snuck back on Twitter after I did a big old thing about me too. leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I did too. <laughs> 
But I have a good reason why I did it. But I will say, <laughs> but I stuck back on. So you can find me back on Twitter, Musky Twitter. Um, <laughs> and so find me there and talk to me anytime. Um, you guys can email me anything. Just support me. Just all right. that's all I'm asking. Just support me. Um, talk to me about my stories. Talk to me about my characters who get on your nerves, who you love, all of that. I have. A few fans that um, post up um, little character pictures of my characters and all of that and have little crushes. It's just, you know, do that. I'm here for yes. it. <laughs> so tell us your website address and your Twitter handle so folks can easily okay. find you. My website is my name, Um And my Twitter, my handles, all of them are Kyleeks. Oh, um, TikTok easy. is um, Kyleeks Books. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. And we will link to all of those in the show notes so we can give Kai all the flowers, all <laughs> the uplifting. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank this you was wonderful talking me. to you and hearing that you have very much the same process as I do, man. It just it makes me feel validated <laughs> in some sort of way. Like, you know, oh, I'm not doing this wrong. <laughs> so. I appreciate you even reaching out again. Like I told you, you surprised me. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> I love giving people good surprises, <laughs> especially with money attached to them, you know, because yes. at the end of the day, we all got to eat. Yes. Thank you so much for your Thank time you. today, Kai. Uh, again, really appreciate you joining us and letting us take your story and produce it for Nightlight. I hope you have an excellent day. You too. Bye. Thank you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.